0: Welcome to the Gosnell's Live at Five podcast.
1: I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnell's. I'm Will. I'm the head brewer here at Gosnell's. I'm James, and I make the mead. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday, live at five, and we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course, what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally.
0: If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Gosnells Me.
1: Perfect. Should we get into it?
0: Let's
2: do it. Let's do it.
1: Howdy. It's uh, Friday is early today. So we are. I'm joined by back by Will this week, um, and we are going to be joined with the, from the guys with joined. Guys from Moonshine Media are joining us in about um, five, ten minutes. Um, we're just having some uh, technical issues, which Will is just sorting out in the background, as per usual. And then we will be live. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Moonshine Meadery are um, meat makers from... Uh, just outside Mumbai in India, Poon, I think it is. Um, and so, they'll be. We'll be dialing them in in a second. Uh, Will, nice of you to join don't, us. Yeah,
0: don't don't stress, Tom. Um,
1: hey, I'm a consummate professional. I, I was tempted I to just, I, just leave the room. I think I just... I've, done, I've done more live <laughs> TV than most most uh, most people.
0: Yeah, I would assume so. Um, on average, than the On population. average, a hundred percent. Maybe not nowadays. Depends what you classify as TV, Tom. Um,
1: I still think I'm up there. Top one uh, percent. <laughs> top one percent. That's what I'm always yeah. aiming for. Anyway, as you were saying, we are yeah we're on a bit earlier today, so we're gonna crack open the drinks. It's Friday, and um, and it's midday. So I've got it's i have got. Midday. Yeah, the, is the sun is over there at arm. <laughs> so um, yeah. So today we're what do we do? Just doing some classics to start off with. Talk about a bit of our week. How's your week been, Mister Grimlock? Uh, I've had a,
0: quite a nice week this week, I think. Um, you think? Yeah, like it's one of those ones where I guess if you break it down to the the roles that or the tasks that I actually got done, they're pretty uh, just normally sort of just day to day stuff. But for some reason, that's uh, that's cause for applause.
1: There you go. Just, exactly. just getting little things done. Yeah, so it, feel, it, 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 make,
0: it makes you feel nice, right? Like, I mean, as I was
1: saying on the pod last week um now there's a plan out out of lockdown i, I yeah like, sorry
0: we, we've never discussed uh, the abbreviation of pod before um
1: yeah well great we, here
0: we go well so, no 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 yeah.
1: Rock pod yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the <laughs> we, starting of the cult let's go cult. um we uh there's a plan to come out of lockdown so it feels like now we can at least put together a plan and um <laughs> Yeah, and then and then go for it. Um, guys from Moonshine have just tasted to so say they're ready. So, um, what are you drinking there? Well, uh,
0: so I've got the latest batch of the sour. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's so easy, and I quite enjoy it. So, for a midday snack, it's alright. It's four percent, Tom. It is your first drink of the day, so yeah. it is, I literally just finished the last remnants of my breakfast, so
1: I'm ready to drink now that's why i had a dippy egg for breakfast i knew this was going to happen so you know um, oh, that, uh that, yeah fish lunch fish fridays exactly this is delicious i'm on the hops um yeah you got the latest batch, of the hops the latest as well. batch. and oh, the guy, yes. guys are ready to sort of suit to, to get I involved to get so up. it up you can't do it in the...
0: i can't do it by that no oh, right. yeah, well, yeah, well, uh...
1: so yeah uh, we are we're joined by some friends from from india which is why we're doing this a bit earlier today. Don't worry, though; we're also doing one at five, so you've got double Will and Tom today. Which is,
2: I'm uh, uh, only giving the people what they want. Exactly, exactly. We should just do like a live stream of our own as well. Cool. And um, we lost the connection on the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. now we get that. Uh, I realised that. Uh... Hi guys. Hey, what's up? How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. How's good. it going? But
1: Rohan. It started. Everyone is trying to pour himself a drink. Oh, that's no, that's fair enough. We, we've started a little bit earlier today than we normally would. Um, if
2: I smoke, is a good time. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's not noon, but good enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> not, it's not. It's not noon. It's not noon. So, how, how have you guys been? Um, how's I guess we'll start off. You know, like how how's your week been, and, and how's generally lockdown been treated? Or have you are you locked down there,
2: or are you? Uh man uh, I don't want to criticize the government. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we could just move we could just move yeah, on quicker. That's very fast. Alright, Tom's just trying kind to of fill in time, How are we? Yeah. There's practically no lockdown here. Like uh I mean people are supposed to be socially distant, but uh, not really. So we do what we can, but that's about it. Oh it's it, point, it's, it's, Um
1: yeah, so I was just saying, we, there's at least a plan here to stop being in lockdown at some point, which is good. Uh, so things are, wow, well, they're not really returning to normal, but there's a plan for things to return to normal, which yeah, is yeah. There's there's
0: some uh, some things in the air,
1: right? Yeah, which is good. So, guys, do you want to start off just by telling us a little bit about Moonshine and about how you got started and about what you're up to?
2: So, how we got started? Okay, that's an interesting. St- it's an interesting question coming from you guys. Uh, maybe uh, we got started to a big part thanks to you guys. So
1: <laughs> that's why I love this story, nice. guys. <laughs> that's yeah. why I ask <laughs> the questions.
2: So between him and I, we keep deciding who's going to talk about the story each time. So this is my turn now. So yeah, so, so, I read about London's first meetly popping up in way back in two thousand fourteen, mm-hmm. and that was you guys. So you turned out uh, as little pixels on Rohan's WhatsApp chat. <laughs> so the that, he an answer. And uh, one thing led to the other and I said, you know, what, this seems to be easier than making beer. So why don't we start home-growing some meat? <laughs> so we came back to India. I, I flew back to India and by the time I was here, he had already got some stock honey from the from a departmental store close by. And uh, we had a 20-liter carboy, and that's the, the first batch we called it patience. Because it took us so yeah. it <laughs> taken two months to make. And, uh, absolutely zero science. So it, there was a wet towel uh, wrapped around the cowboy, and we we kept it moist through the two months, two, two and a half months. Uh, 14% alcohol rocket fuel. Yeah, half a glass, and we were we were out. So yeah, it did its job. So we liked it. So we said no, let's let's make another batch. And yeah, that's how it all started. I mean, it it, it started from uh, pure play, home brewing. Uh, we dabbled with bootlegging for a short period, uh, <laughs> giving it to friends and family. So it became indirect bootlegging. People would give us buy the honey and give it to us, and we would turn it into meat and give it back. To <clears and them. throat> that's the so, official story. Yeah, uh, kind, a, of, a kind of, kind of like the that. cider
0: industry, right? Like just, uh...
2: <laughs> So yeah, that's how it all started, and then from there on, uh, we we reached that stage where we realized, look, you know, people are coming back for it, and uh, we approached the government and. There's a huge history with mead, right? So, the word mead comes from the well in the Latin word medu, which comes from the Sanskrit word madhu. And madhu actually means honey. So, quintessentially OG alcohol in this this part of the world as well. So, went to the government, pitched to them. uh, And, uh, yeah, it took us two and a half years, got a new law made uh, that allowed fermentation of honey uh, in India. And particularly in the state that we are in, that's Maharashtra. And, yeah, and that's how Moonshine was born. Uh, launched in 2018. Nice. Nice. And how's it been going? I guess
1: 2018, 2019, pretty straightforward, yeah. and then 2020, a bit more difficult?
2: Uh, funnily, not so. We actually grew in 2020. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, it was good because uh, what happened was people, uh, so we've always been more welcome in the retail side of the space as compared to restaurants. Restaurants yeah. are usually wondering where they should put us on the menu and what are you is the usual question. And you know, the, the yeah. same problem you probably you guys are seeing there. So, yeah, that's it. We, we've okay.
0: definitely got a tight five minutes on, uh, on what where we, we sit yeah. and what we are and what we're made from. And yeah,
2: yeah. it's a pain. So what happened was a uh, restaurant shut down, retail just started to boom. And one thing led to the other, Our packaging was funky enough for people to pick it up. And yeah, we, we suddenly found ourselves in refrigerators all over Bombay, Pune. And uh, we actually
1: did quite well uh, through the lockdown. So nice. nice. That's awesome. So I guess like wh- what other questions we got? Well, so I can't mess my. We're we're,
0: uh, we're, we're this is this is quite uh, informal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, So we we do have questions, but I've I've got some sort of things. Like I I was lucky enough to sort of taste through a lot of what you guys make. Um, uh, I think it was, God, it would have been 2019. Um, I think I tasted maybe 10 or 15 different types of your meat. Don't quote me. I just know that by the time I got to the end, it was very difficult to remember where I started. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you guys make, uh, like hydromels like we do. Um, you know, you, you guys are a lot more sort of like malomal hydromel driven. Um, talk me through the general sort of recipe development that goes into, I know you just released a, a pineapple mead. Um, which I've worked with before and pineapple's quite difficult and the acid profile can be difficult. Sort of work me through that process that you guys through, go through making those sort of hydro and getting those, those recipes
2: super tight. So, uh, this particular batch, this particular uh, recipe, the grilled pineapple, uh, was, it's completely a lockdown recipe. We conceptualized it during the recipe. We experimented with it. Uh, sorry. It's already hitting me. Uh, the month. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, uh, we just launched it earlier, like, uh, I think about two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, week and a half. A week and a half ago. So how this came about was, uh, to be very honest, it was just, I saw someone grilling pineapples in a, at a, barbecue, like a picture on Instagram. I'm like, aha, like that's interesting. We'd actually yeah. done a, a collab with the Cloiter Meat House uh, from South Africa. Uh, so Brendan actually visited us. He, uh, was with us for a couple of days. And we did a Ruibus pineapple meat, which was quite interesting, but it was mellow pineapple, a little bit of Ruibus, uh, a subtle meat, uh, something that I really enjoy, but, uh, the sales part of the team, they don't enjoy it at all. They want really, really bold flavors. And, uh, okay, maybe the two of us. I look at production, Mizu looks at sales. Okay, so that's I'm along with the... Horse. <laughs> so, and, uh, what that led to was, uh, I basically took some a bunch of pineapples, grilled it over cold. Ate most of it because it was delicious. Uh, but yeah. it was enough to put it inside some meat. I uh, really like the flavor, but just to kind of pump things up, we uh, took the same... Uh, the next iteration was uh, take the, take some pineapples, soak it in rum with some ice ah. leaves,
1: nice Then soak,
2: Then so, uh, grill it and then soak it in meat. Uh, that was a great day because you know, grilled... Uh, rum soaked pineapples. I, okay, I ate half of it, and this time I got drunk of eating half of it.
1: Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> as, as you would. Yeah. And did and the rum, rum not just just, just like salai? Presumably yeah. did.
2: Yeah, and the, yeah. the vanilla from the rum like, really kind of bring, comes out and uh, really shines too. Doesn't shine so very well in the meat, but in the pineapple itself it was great. Uh, also, what really what really worked is, uh, while grilling, we in a little bit of mango wood, Okay, so that's yeah. pineapple a little bit as well. So right up front, there's like the tarty pineapple, and uh, like the back palate is like slight hints of you know the grilled, the smoke comes through. Mm-hmm. So uh, we must have done about seven or eight iterations of all five liters uh, batches, and once we were done, we scaled the recipe up and we figured out uh, as it's always right uh, with uh, melts, we always realize that. Every time we scale a recipe up, the fruit uh, requirement is actually like 15 to 20% more. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, we first went, tried to call it the recipe, put in nearly, I think, 100 cages of pineapples in 1,000 liters. And then realized we need another like 40 kgs or so. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so the pineapple sat in the meat for quite a while. And I think that really, it's it's shining through very well.
1: That's pretty cool. So you scaled it up to, to a bigger batch? Yeah. One yeah. of your, your batch scales, I remember seeing pictures of your brewery and your
0: your uh, tanks look a little bit bigger than ours. Yeah, I think you could fit our brewery in one of your tanks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we started off with 1,000 liters. Uh, we, two two, two 1,000 liter tanks. We started off applying what our IT friends would call minimum viable product to manufacturing. Yeah. So we didn't know if there was a product market fit. We didn't know if people would pay. (coughs) It's an expensive drink. And when we launched, we were the most expensive pine-sized drink in the market. So 40% more expensive than any. 40% more expensive. So we weren't sure if there's a, if there's a market for us. Yeah. So we, we just invested in two small 1,000-liter tanks launched with that. And we kept scaling. Every time we run low on capacity, we'd be like, okay, let's buy one more tank. Yeah. And, uh, uh, finally we had we we ended up with two one thousand liter tanks, uh two two thousand liter tanks and two three thousand liter tanks. Two, two, three, two, three, two. The holding tank uh, yeah, and one holding tank. And finally uh a cricket reference, we're like, Okay, let's stop playing off the back foot, okay? Let's you know, come down the pitch and swing. Then we invested in a twenty thousand liter tank. Whoa. Yeah. So a lot of our meads, uh like the traditional mead and the coffee mead, uh where it's only infusions and secondary, and there's no primary fermentation of anything. We just do a large stock batch, split it up into the smaller 3,000 liters and do the infusions there. Nice. Uh, the grilled pineapple, because it's fermented, that goes into one of the, uh, into the wine tanks, which are uh, 1,000 liters. So mm-hmm. all our uh, mead Lab series, which are the small, uh, small releases, they're never more than 200 cases at a time, because it's 2,000 liters. Our efficiency is around nearly 80-85%. So, 200,
0: 230 cases at a time, at max. Yeah, that your um, oh god, I just forgot what the the series was called. So your 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 small batch, but um, literally just said it. Come on, well, um, your your uh, series where you do lots of different sort of things at two hundred cases. Um, that that is like. The, the heart of brewing for us as well. So we do a small batch program, which is kind of kind of similar. We do it at a 200 liter level, and I can't wait to be able to get it to a thousand. Can you um, talk to me about that that jump from you went from 3,000 liter tanks all the way up to 20,000 liters? I think for me personally, that that's super interesting. And what did you sort of find in that in that jump? You know, because one, you know, from 200 to to a thousand, and one thousand to two thousand, you know, there's a little bit of change, but not a lot. And when you start jumping to twenty thousand liters, like that, that just brings in a whole new ball game. Um,
1: yeah, there's the physics of the liquid. It's yeah, just like quite with osmotic
0: pressure and and how your yeast runs in there, yeah. different stresses, even being able to control such a volume. Oh yeah, just of the therm- temperature. Oh, well, Anyway, sorry. This is, this is good. <laughs> So the question is,
2: how did you guys uh, sort of navigate through that process? So one of our biggest concerns about the cost of yeast. Right, uh, we're like, man, our yeast cost is just going to shoot through the roof. So yeah. what we do is uh, we spend about six days before we pitch the big tank. Uh, we fill the water up like halfway through. We will start, again, our RO isn't uh, up to capacity yet. So it takes us about three to four days to really just fill up that tank. And uh, because we don't have a honey pump uh, and we can lifting each 25 or 50 kg barrel of honey, putting it into a CIP trolley. I mean, it's a modern CIP trolley with a tangential... Uh, inlet ports, so it kind of creates a whirlpool as well. So, we do a honey blending in the cit as well. And uh, it takes about two days of a lot of physical effort and labor to kind of get that tank ready. Uh, seven days before the tank is pitched, we start with a 1000 liter tank where uh, and about 250 grams of yeast. And uh, we keep, uh, we actually finally have a, a chemist on board, uh, someone with experience in the wine space. And, uh, he propagates the yeast up to, uh, I forget the cell count that he kind of hits. Uh, but only after seven days, he's like, now set it to pitch. So, uh, we'll actually fill the tank up to 90,000 liters, the honey water must. And the last thousand liters is, uh, the thousand liters of yeast, uh, which is then pumped into the tank. That makes Let's go. I gotta tell you, at 20,000 liters, when you have a stuck fermentation, it scared the shit out of you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, I can imagine. Yeah. It's happened to us once, and like for about five days, we were just clueless as to what's happening. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but those five days, we didn't we didn't tell the sales guys anything. I didn't tell them what was happening because I was like, there's enough pressure on the team itself. <laughs> Let's not get like anyone to start panicking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I couldn't imagine being in that position. Like, I, I get that with thousand liter batches, They're, like, getting up to. Yeah, I
1: think you probably would tell me that.
0: You'd I, have to share. You'd have to I, share. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't hide it. Like, I, I would. Ha- I think I'd have to have a uh, uh, some kind of doll that I just tell my yeah, troubles yeah. to every day. Yeah, I think. Um, that. Uh, so yeah, like we we, we we do a similar sort of process to do a thousand liters, where we we scale up, you know, a small amount of yeast over a 24, 48 hour starter just and, uh
1: just to save some cash really. yeah like, and,
0: and like yeast people don't understand that yeah yeast can if you're if you're dry pitching even rehydrating like it 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 becomes expensive not even just on scale just on um you know even at homebrew level it's yeah. expensive and it doesn't get that much cheaper as you commercially grow you just have to start taking that in-house which yeah. is something people overlook um since we've gone a little bit over fermentation, one of the coolest things that uh, I got uh, about you guys when um, when you visited was your your use of honey and your use of local honey. Um, I do have a pretty cool little <laughs> bottle here that I've been aging since you guys have been here, um, which is oh, your part of your one of your blends. I think it's a, is it cumin honey that you use as one part of your blend?
2: Uh, it's caraway.
0: Caraway. That's, that's it. Guy. I couldn't remember which one it was, but. Um, I got this dropped off to me, and I've been waiting for the right project to do to be able to blend it in. It's such a unique honey. It's got this this like crazy spiciness to it, but it's also got this nice woody and earthy toning in it. Can you talk to me uh, talk to me about a little bit of the uh, the blending process that you go through when selecting your honey, and uh, yeah, just sort of share a little bit with everybody about
2: you know how you use your honey. Sure. So that particular uh, style, I think it's a traditional mead is what you're drinking, right? Uh, so this is actually just honey. This, so this so is a this little bottle of honey, that uh, you guys may or may not have uh, <laughs> given it. Right. So most of our meads, uh, the apple, the coffee, another traditional, uh, and most of the fruit-powered meads, uh, we use multiple-order honey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the traditional meat, because honey really shines too, uh, we wanted a really, do you have a bottle? Okay. So that's coffee welding. Yes. Okay, so this is just like, you know, like, yeah, I'm done with the first pint. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I was just thinking exactly the same thing, but it's 12, well, nearly 12.30 12 12. here, so I can't really have a second one. So I've already moved my time
0: zone, so I'm fine.
2: Yeah, so the, the traditional meat has three blends of honey it's got orange blossom, it's got this honey, the caraway honey, and it's got multiple again. Uh, all this while, we've been mostly multiple uh, honey forward, and we've been really, like, really craving. Uh, experimenting with some honeys in our traditional meats, but since we already had a label for traditional meat and the recipe was fixed, we didn't really want to mess around. Uh, so, again, uh, lockdown blues, right? Uh, we've, we're doing a new uh, label. It's called Project X, uh, mainly because we just don't want to go back to the uh, excise department and register a new label each time for different honeys that we do. So, this is just all the varietal honeys that we get. And we get some really cool varietal honeys. And the first pack that we're doing is a uh, honey. Uh, it's very similar to cider. It's spelled S-I-D-R. Uh, it's from the north of the country. It's uh, from a very arid regions. We actually had our own bee boxes deployed. It's the first time we our own bee boxes nice. collecting the honey. So it's actually a subcontinent variant of Maluka honey. So it's got a lot of yeah. medicinal, medicinal, medicinal properties. properties to it. And uh, the plant, does not it- Plant goes wild. The can can cultivate the plant. It's a wild tree. Uh, so it's organic, but of course, there's no one certifying that right now. Uh, what's really cool about the honey, uh, the honey by itself, is that it's got butterscotch notes. Ah, it's the honey cool. And uh, the first time I had this honey, I was, I was blown away. Uh, fun story. I was very scared of this honey because back in 2018, we first did a traditional meat. I fermented a thousand liters of this honey and I loved it. But... For some reason, and I've still not figured out why. I couldn't carbonate it. Where? Yeah, I called in all my friends, uh, guys who've got brewing, like a decade of brewing. I think amongst the three of them who I consulted, they have about 35 years of brewing experience between the three of them. They couldn't figure it out either. So uh, that was like one batch, which we drank internally, of course. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but I was like, man, this honey doesn't ferment. It doesn't ferment, but it doesn't carbonate. So we were quite apprehensive about carbonating and getting this ready. But uh, man this this meat's turned out really good. Uh, <laughs> we the labels to come back from the printer and uh, we should be able to launch this in another ten days. Awesome. So,
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm. So, I'm intrigued. Like as soon as you say that you couldn't carbonate, I'm like yeah, wow, that, I have trouble with weird.
1: certain certain carbonation. With Sorry, certain things. And- guys, as we go through this, if you've got any questions, if you're watching online, if you've got any questions, do tap in the box. I haven't been keeping an eye on them, so if there are any questions, we can we can revisit them and hopefully uh, cover some of them off with uh, with the guys. Um, they're mainly just comments about our appearance at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll just leave that one there.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, guys. Um, let let's let's jump into the to the meat of this. We we do try to keep these to a, you know under an hour. And, uh, we're so excited to have you guys on. So I'm just going to keep throwing questions at you. Um, if you need a break, just, uh, just deal with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the other things I want to go through is let's, let's have a chat a little bit about the mead, the mead world. Um, you guys have obviously tasted a lot of mead. You come tasted ours, we tasted yours. Do you want to just give some insight on some meads that you've had over the years that, that have sort of, you know, it either inspired you to make something or, you know, you've gone, oh, that's just, that's just good mead? Um, you guys sort of have a little bit of an access. Are you talking about drinking some South African mead, which
2: I haven't had as of yet? You know, what, What's some standouts that you've had that you're like, yeah, cool, it, it's it's fun to drink? I'll tell you the one that I remember. When when we were still in this space of kind of getting the license changed and a new law getting enacted, uh, he traveled down to the U.S. and I think it was, oh, uh, wait, just, oh, sorry, yeah. So he went down to the U.S. and we, I think he interned at Colony Meadry, uh, of Pennsylvania and he came back with this bag full of meats, I remember, and there was this one meat that was made using habanero chilies. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, sick. It was yeah, absolutely sick. outstanding. Meat. I mean, uh, that's a meat that for me, it, it had the right amount of burn, but probably a little more than it should have been, but uh, oh boy, that, that meat had the perfect balance. There was sweetness, there was spice, it was all over the place. Uh, that's the meat that stands out even today. For me, what was interesting, it was the first time I had heat in alcohol. Mm. Like, yes. uh, I'd always shied away from, you know, those margaritas with chilies and stuff. I'm like, yep, yeah, not my scene. But when I tasted that, I was, I was blown away. I was like, what is going on? Because it was so interesting because the sweetness of the honey was the front, it's was, it was the beginning of the palate, right? And the yeah. heat was down here. Oh. And uh, it just made you reach for the glass again and take another sip. And I remember I was talking to Mike. Uh, Mike from called me, and I was like, while talking, I was like a couple of steps down before I even knew it. And uh, <laughs> we we tried to we tried to really uh, inspire that by that. We did the guava chili meat,
0: yeah, which I had, which yeah, that was
1: that is was awesome, incredible, that, that was like, really it's well
0: not balanced. Just the the sweetness of the honey, it's the tropical fruit as well that really helps just carry that through and build
2: that whole feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh something again interesting, um, I find interesting, I'm sure you guys will. The chilies for that, right? We've gone through through three different varieties of chilies because I wanted to mimic what was happening with the habaneros. I wanted the heat in the throat. I don't want the heat on the palate or on the tongue. So uh we've started with chilies which were local to our state. Uh we moved finally uh to the chilies from the northeast. They call uh Bhujalokia. Naga ghost chilies. So they're, they're called ghost chilies, and I think the second or third spiciest chilies in the country, in the world. Spiciest chilies. So, uh, so uh, we use uh, these super spicy chilies. Uh, but what's, what's unique about this? These Naga ghost chilies are again the heat is back here. I oh, see the heat heat the Naga ghost chili. chili. Naga ghost chilies. So if we use them in the right proportion. It's like a little residual heat at the back. You know, at the throat. Yeah. Which is exactly what I wanted.
1: Come on.
2: Um, so yeah, we've done some bits
1: with. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, mango, Scot- Scotch, Scotch, bonnet. mango, and Scotch bonnet. And so, if, uh, if you have Scotch bonnet chilies, they're like um, they're re- super fruity. So they're they're reasonably spicy, kind of medium spice, but they've got this real, really good kind of fruity chili note, which is um, I really enjoy, especially in the hot sauce as well. It's like you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, one of those chilies, like you say that. And I've mentioned a couple of people before going like, Oh, you know, Scotch bonnets are quite, you know, sort of, uh, medium heat, medium heat. And they're like, <laughs> No, they're not. No, they're not. They're, they're, because uh, of nails. 300,000 Scovilles. All oh, right. Uh, so they're the same as like a habanero, but because uh, they're sweet.
1: Habanero is easy, isn't
0: it? Yeah. But uh, see, again, oh, so no, easy. Like, but it's still, still quite a bit of chili. So I quite like the, the, the mixture of tropical fruit and chili and, and honey. Um, it's just, yeah, it's such a beautiful little uh, little mixture. And yeah, it's the same true. thing when I came across um, chili and and meat together. Like it's called a capsomel, and it, yeah. it just
1: kind of it works so well. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, it's like, a really good combo, uh, and I think because a lot of as you said, a lot of chili drinks, there's almost a novelty value there that kind of it's just there. Because you want to put chilies in yeah, it, back. it, but yeah. actually with, with the mead, the honey, the sweetness kind of, they really complement each other, uh, which is cool. Guys, have we got any questions? I've, I haven't really been paying attention, but it's, uh, uh, have we got anything? There was something about a mel, whether it's a melamel or a capsamel. Uh, so, so there's loads of different names of different types of meads, and we I always lose track. Melomel is with fruit, right? Yeah, so melomel is the
0: overarching with... umbrella of of fruit. Uh, Capsamel is anything that has a capsicum in it. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, capsomel has to have heat. Now, I don't. I, there's no definition there, but I, I I kind of want to make a you know like a Hungarian sweet pepper mead oh, and see yeah. how that comes out. Oh, but so, yeah. For me, capsomel has to have a bit of chili in it
1: as well. Yeah.
2: But um what, what would you call a combination of a melomel mel- and a capsule?
1: Well, like, I think it's like a square right. and a rectangle in
2: the <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> four-sided shapes, right? Well, no, all, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Doesn't the anyway. square have
2: to have equal sides? No, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yeah, it's that it's that first yeah, me first it, yeah.
1: first me that's gone to my
2: head. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Uh, (laughs) all right let's keep on that trade there guys so um what is your favorite mead to make now i know you talked a little bit about um yeah the gazelle and the traditional and, and scaling up and all that well for us it's it's like for me personally it's the 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 sour which is you know so fun to make it's such a long process a bit of mixed fermentation it's definitely not commercially viable but it's it's just such a no, fun
1: and, and no, nothing we do here yeah. is commercially viable <laughs> we just do it for the love but my, uh, tr- my it, trust fund's gone
0: it's it's the most it's the most fun to make yeah. it's also the most dangerous to make as in you know it's the closest we'll get ever to dumping batches when you're working with mixed fermentation so for you guys like what is your your you know i want to go have a good day making mead
2: what mead would you make so before I answer that question, I'm just going to say uh, it's not commercially viable. That should be the start line for my life, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who keeps trying to go with, "Look, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that," and I'm like, uh, "The PNL just doesn't support it." <laughs> yeah, right.
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's no there's no point in not pushing though. If you if you're not pushing those boundaries
2: <laughs> and trying to create those things, uh, you kind of What's lose the, point? the edge. What's yeah. the point? Uh, my favorite meat to make uh, has to be the smoked honey meat. It's, uh, so the grilled pineapple is growing, right? 200 kgs of pineapple sliced, soaked, grilled, then put in the meat. But the smoked honey meat is even more difficult to make. Uh, it's, it's just, it's longer. So we built a offset smoker using an old oil drum and, uh, we smoked some, uh, this is about a couple of years ago and we smoked some honey by putting in some shallow trays. Yeah. And we popped into the smoker. So that honey absorbs the smoke, then we ferment it, and uh, the only way I can describe it is honey glazed bacon in a glass. Amazing. Okay. Uh, uh We still have, um, we do meat ritos once in a while, and we still had a few bottles left, and I think the last of the few bottles from two years ago just got consumed. Nice. And... uh Again, so we're gonna have like we just cleaned up the smoker again, and uh in the next month we're plan to smoke some honey again again, it's not commercially viable not it's probably commercially viable i mean no, it's not. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not it's not logistically viable the amount of time it takes to smoke honey like the quantum of honey required and uh, it's just not worth it, but from a small batch perspective, it is absolutely delicious yeah,
1: yeah. And so it's just a normal
2: that-
1: so it's a normal Sorry. offset smoker and you've just got like a what like a couple of like 10 centimeters of honey in a tray and you're just passing the smoke over the top yeah cold smoke
2: and so yeah cold smoke in trays okay uh, we want to, want to maximize the surface area of the honey in contact with the smoke and every about 20 minutes open up the smoke and just like mix the honey up sure and, okay, uh, yeah. cool.
1: and how long do you smoke it for because this has been on my basically i, need, I want an excuse to make a, an offset smoker so you provide it that <laughs>
2: so uh, to be honest it's a hit or miss uh, we keep taking the honey out we keep tasting it to see if like it's got the right amount of smoke uh, I remember this one time we smoked for about six hours and didn't get enough, enough smoke another time we smoked for about maybe like an hour or so and we just had like just the right amount of smoke that we wanted and what's really cool is that that honey by itself uh, we still have some of the honey left uh, Is a smoke honey so you open the jar of honey and smell it and it's just Smells that's cool. The yeah, that's thing. That's and, what, that's
0: what we want to have. And I, I've worked through a couple of different ways of, you know, I've done sort of smoked drinks where you sort of almost like bubble it through the liquid. Um, was that your first attempt at uh, at at smoking honey, or did you go through a process of like, okay, what's the different ways that we can smoke honey and and all get the smoke va- variation in there? So uh,
2: first attempt, first and only attempt at smoking honey. Okay. Uh, uh, Someone some people have suggested uh that you know you can get like flavored smoke drops, but yeah, no that's not happening so yeah, what's the point so, of that yeah, yeah where where's the more, challenge it's more commercially viable the <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> you can see who looks at the bottom line of the company okay?
1: yeah yeah <laughs> this is
0: this is going to be the tag line of the podcast now is uh commercially viable podcast. Yeah. What is it?
1: <laughs> oh, creative versus commercial. Yeah, yeah, is always yeah, the classic. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. so, um, Who is the one
2: who's staring at the bottom
1: line all the time? Uh, so I think I'm both. <laughs> the problem is I think I'm <laughs> half of both. So, <laughs> it's, almost it's, like the, it. it's almost like there's not an adult in charge. No. Uh, no, it's me. It is me. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Yes, yes and no. So uh, to give a real answer is day-to-day Tom is very much the commercially viable man, but he also has these 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 ideas that he knows in his heart and not... Um, possible. Not possible, not even commercially viable, just not possible. Um, and then I take them on as, as personal challenges, and yeah. every now and again we, we get around it. But uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think like that... I don't know. The, the sour was one of those. I think where yeah. I, I came up with the idea for the sour of doing a mixed fermentation, and I was like, "Oh, well, I've worked out how to do it in my head. Will <laughs> go on, just go and just go and make it happen." And then there's a very there's a lot of difference between having an idea and being like, "Okay, so on paper I can do this," and then how does that translate into reality? <laughs> they they are worlds apart. But uh, but yeah,
0: like every everybody has to play their role, and uh, and everybody can't stay in the one role either. So
1: it's just the uh, the constant back and forth. I think that uh, yeah, kicks us yeah. on. So guys, we're we're kind of heading up to the forty minute mark, which is kind of we we'll, we'll try and keep these kind of about that length. Um, what what are, what are you up to for the rest of what, 2021, twenty twenty one twenty twenty two? What's the plans? What are you kind of? Um, yeah, what are you launching? And then we'll we'll revisit some of the questions so I can see popping so, up.
2: So the project X comes out next. Okay, uh, we already have a coffee meet, uh, and be of that. We already have a coffee meet, uh, but we're collaborating uh, collaborating with a uh, new specialty coffee roaster in that's just launched. They launched like three days before the lockdown. Okay, and nice, like, good timing. Yeah, uh, they made it. Uh, they're doing well. Uh, they call it Subco. And uh, we're doing a collab batch with them uh, in another month's time. So again, the beans, so it's a, again, interesting thing over there, uh, we got some green beans for them, which we soaked in fermenting meat and sent the green beans back to them, which they then roasted. And that, you know, soaking in the fermenting meat changed the flavor profile of the coffee itself. That's cool. So they're, That's so they're interesting. selling that coffee as a mead-aged coffee. And... Uh, we're about oh, we to steal that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I,
0: we just did a coffee. I just did a coffee fouché and, uh, I tried multiple different methods, but that never came across, uh, across my mind. Yeah. At that's all. Cool. And we've got a, a beautiful <laughs> roaster about two units down. So he's going to get a very interesting phone call today. Nice.
2: <laughs> it works. It actually worked quite well. And, uh, especially in the cold brew coffee, you can actually get some of those, uh, you know, those meat, fermented meat notes. I saw those. It's almost, I got like meat notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh so they're sending those beans uh, some of those brown beans back and that's going back into our coffee mead and we're doing uh a special coffee batch with them with those beans so that's pretty cool that's
1: awesome so we've got a couple of questions one was uh what am i drinking this is our hibiscus mead so oh, there we go sorry nice, you're, you're so in so i'm shot now uh, so yeah flavor with the hibiscus flowers nice and fruity nice and tart nice and jammy second question was why do we both make Low alcohol meads or hydromels rather than high gravity ones. So I'll start. We do it because it's a lot more approachable, right? So we're trying for us, we're trying to open up the category and get more people involved with mead and show them what honey fermentation can be. And it's a lot easier to do that at the lower end, which is a lot easier to drink, a lot yeah, more occasionally. It's a lot more familiar as exactly, well. You know, yeah.
0: Something that's carbonated, alcoholic, it has a nice profile, it's it can be as simple or as complicated as you need it to be. You know, that, 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 that's for us is, is where we start. And then we sort of then slowly step up. We don't just do hydromels and then just go straight to the 14% still syrups. You know, we do some 8% sort of um, sparkling meads as well, and we do some honey variations, and we do some some higher gravity brews. You know, we do something to all the yeah. way up to 20-odd so percent. Kind and just sort of allow people to make their own journey. But, yeah, the hydromel side is really just to go, oh, cool. Uh, you know, mead isn't just the, you know, the gift shop thick alcohol flavoured thing that we're used to and you know for us that's that's where we like to start yeah, yeah.
1: how about you guys you just say the same
2: answer, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's the exact same answer yes.
1: exactly- well there you we go uh, what else? Uh, question for us about what our flagship needs. So we our, our core range. I don't know if you've had them all, knitting and Rohan, but we've got our hibiscus, which I'm drinking. We've got the hopped, the we've sour. got the sour, and then we've got a citrusy mead. So the hopped mead is, as you'd expect, big kind of IPA hops, uh fermented through hibiscus. We chatted about sour is the mixed fermentation, and the citrus. That's about the citrusy. So the, that's weird. The
0: citrusy is is our sort of like. <sighs> The best way to explain it short is like a mead, semi-sweet mead goes. So it's, it's salt, acid, and florality together with tarragon, hops, sea salt, and lemon peel. So, and then you've got the honey underneath it as well. And it just gives you this savory, floral sort of uh, – the same as like, the chili meat does where you finish it. The salt gets you in that position where you like – Oh, I've already had another three sips, and I'm—I I'm, haven't even finished with that first sort of flavor profile yet. Uh, it's a, its our most complicated meat, and it's probably the, the hardest to, to understand. But um, yeah, that, that's definitely one of the great ones. But uh, we also have our five point five ton,
1: which, oh, which is know, the original, which is the, the original, the OG three
0: year recipe—the only yeah. recipe that we've turned around and gone. It's—it's—it's it's, it's pre- pretty much, and done. that's
1: the one we made with. It's a—it's a yeah straight meat, so it's made with orange blossom <coughs> honey. Five and a half percent, it's uh lightly carbonated. That is pretty um that is pretty pretty cool.
0: So how about you guys? What what would you pull out and go like if you're the first time ever tasting our stuff, what would you tell people to grab a hold of?
2: Uh, this, uh the uh just each inside, fuss up. Okay, yeah, 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 I I'm meant for you guys, but yeah, yeah yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so actually uh our team member, Dave, who actually came and visited you guys, he brought back some cans and uh, we all sat down and opened up all of them and uh, citrusy oh, salt. I think uh, it was universal yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah. We all loved it.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's really
2: cool. like more tropical climate, right? You want something which is, uh, it was super refreshing. I think that salt really adds that. In fact, we try know. to replicate that. So there's a fruit in, uh, in a small part of India that you get called coca. And that's a real sour when it comes to to try it. So what we do is we've taken Kokum and we've added salt to that. Uh, and Somalian pink salt. So what comes out is this really, it's, it's very similar to the characteristics that the, the citra sea salt has. Uh, and uh, it's, it's absolutely delicious. It, it's a summer drink. It's definitely a summer drink. Yeah. We're, actually, uh, we're trying to find uh, a farm that does fresh Kokum right now. And uh, once we do that, we'll actually start scaling that up. We already had a recipe down point. Uh, it's actually a home brewer from our city who it was his recipe yeah. originally, and we're doing this in collab with him. So, we're just looking for kokum right now, and once that's done... Uh, I think the challenge with that is to stabilize kokum, because what happens is over a period of time, there's still some sediments of kokum that starts to settle. Yeah. But that, hopefully, with a new, a new bad boy in the, the midway, we've got a centrifuge, so hopefully that's going to do oh, it. Oh, amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Is that, is that, so, okay. if it's a, it's a fruit vegetable,
0: is that, is that pectin, and you're sort of getting like a bit of pectin haze, or have you kind of narrowed okay. down what...
2: Or is it oil <laughs> or... So we pasteurize, right? So we actually don't know how tokens going will react to heat. We've never pasteurized this. Okay, but yeah, cool. All the, you know, all the patches we've done in the past have all gone to kegs and uh, in the cold chain. So we've never... This is something we need to test. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So um, but we do, to answer your question, we have uh, we have a traditional meat, our plants are a traditional meat, uh, the coffee, and we do an apple cider. So... Yeah. Okay. So apple cider, but we misspelled the word cider with a C Y. Yeah,
0: I saw that. I quite I quite like yeah, it. Yeah. It's one of those things we can do whatever we want in this category. Uh, so you get to create your own little 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 spot. Same as we did with the, how we spelled Boucher. I don't know how you guys went about your spelling of Boucher, but uh there's so many different variants that uh yeah, we just we decided it's B O C H E T, which is
1: There no, It's uh very young. Um, so guys, just one final question from me then. So what, what, what do you thinks the future of the industry? So how do you think Mead's, you know, obviously we're, we're both pushing really hard to make Mead a category. What, what are your kind of ambitions or what are you excited about coming out for Mead? Wow. Uh, so here's the
2: sad part of it. Uh, we have these, uh, you know, sort of our first cousins or should I call them the second cousins, the Seltzer's. Yeah. Who seem to be doing the rounds. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, since the honey or the sweetening agent while they make it isn't really expensive, they're able to price it lower. So it's, I think it's a matter of time before the world starts to discover sustainable linkage. And arguably, the most sustainable beverage is made Yeah. Uh, I mean, the more you drink, the more you push apiculture. The more you push apiculture, the more there's civilization agenda. So, according to me, it's a matter of time before we. You know, mead finds its place in the bar or or under the sun. And, uh, but it's, it's nice to see are a bunch of meadries now popping up. So if I just speak about Asia and Southeast Asia in general, uh, you, you notice that we, within India, we've got like three more meadries that are popped up. Oh, cool. And, oh, nice. Uh, and, uh, even, and the government's been nice enough to actually support, they've actually given us tax exemptions, uh, to allow more meadries to come up. And uh, again, there are two meatries in Singapore, one in Thailand. Uh, I believe there are a few now in China. Uh, so the world is changing. It's sad that the only one that ever came up in Australia is Northstar. But uh, but I think it's a matter of time. I mean, it's, it, we all need to kind of stay true to the craft. And uh, it's it's, it's the, the more fun meats we make, the more people start to try us. And the more exactly, people try yeah. it, I think I think tasting you get a convert one in three usually. So it's, 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 you just need to get, find a way to get, uh, as I know some of the big keys in the web sector call it LOL, right? Liquid on lips. Yeah. You liquid <laughs> lip as you can. Yeah. And you have, you have a lot of converts there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're doing that hands in hands is what I would say, yeah. but yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks a lot for your time. Is there anything you want to ask us or anything we've missed or anything you want to cover before we, we kind of wrap it up?
2: Uh, again, uh, I realized that you asked us all the questions and we didn't ask you any of them. So how has uh, COVID been for you guys?
1: Uh, how's COVID been for us? It's just been like the, the change in the way of life in the UK has been quite severe. So, um, the lockdown here was pretty, um, strictly enforced and strict taken quite seriously. So most people didn't leave their houses unless it was just to go shopping or, you know, so I think just generally life's changed quite a lot. Um, and we've had to be re- – it's been it has been exhausting in terms of having yeah. to react to that. So we've do, been doing a lot more online things. It's one of the reasons we launched this podcast and the Live at Fives. Um, we do a lot of online tastings, a lot of online things, which is cool to uh, – it's another string to the bow as we come out of it, right? It's, an, it's another thing to kind of add into the repertoire. But it's been a bit of a slog, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, yeah, it's
0: rewarding in, in some things. And the way I kind of sum it up to people is we're working twice as hard for – for the same sort of yeah. same sort of result, and you know, we're we're still doing you know we're doing well. We're here, you know. We're we're pushing. We're looking forward, which is probably one of the nicest things to have that yeah. mindset change of you know let let's try to survive this. dude. okay, how do we come out of this, and how do we get back to where we were twelve months ago? And and I think that you know with the content creation that we focused on and being able to chat and build the community. I think there was so many positives that come out of this as well, oh yeah, and it, it it kind of just allowed us to take a bit more risk as well we didn't have any other choice, so you know, putting ourselves out there and and you know showing how you know how silly we could be and how much fun we can have and how much how much joy we get from the meat industry
1: yeah, I think that that's been the well that that's been the key learning for me is like leaning into being we're a small team with a small business and like. People appreciate like that's horrible. People appreciate that. So instead of trying so for a long time we were trying to pretend like we were a big, big booze business and we're not. So just admitting that we're tiny and just just dipping into that has been really nice and it's got a, a much better response. Uh,
2: there's a question uh from Dave actually, how many times a day do you have to say meat is not real? I, I
1: just don't you- I just don't talk to the public. And that, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that just makes it easier. Um, no, uh, um
0: I would probably say um, uh, we, we don't sell meat more than I say beer is not a mead. Um, so many people are just like, we used to have the bar at the front, and I don't know whether they uh, we have a sign out front of the station. So many people would come up and go, oh, I thought this was a meat bar. And I was like, number one, I don't know how you heard that. What, is, so a what is a meat bar? What is this this type of bar that I've never seen? Because I, I, I would go to a meat bar.
1: Yeah, maybe we should it, run a meat bar.
0: I, I'm starting to think the amount of foot traffic that walked past that and wanted a meat bar without knowing yeah. is is something to really to uh, to take a hold of. Um, yeah,
1: it it does it does happen. Yeah. But I think like more and more we are. We are getting better at communicating, right? So it's one of those things that you learn, right? Even the packaging it hammers home yeah. that it's not a beer is honey on the front kind of everything we do starts with the honey in terms of our comms now. So that naturally means that it's it's kind of different. Yeah, you're on the front foot. You're on the front right? foot of it. And we don't really oh, allow getting too MBA about it. We've dropped me down the hierarchy of messaging, guys. So like we talk about honey first and foremost, and then when people ask what it is. Oh, it's a mead. That's a secondary thing, but we're banging on about the honey and the provenance of the honey. That for us is what is is kind of the essence of the, of the brand. So um, that's certainly helped us. Um, yeah, it
0: definitely allows people to start uh, making their own connections about exactly, it. And yes, you know, like that my, you know, we're talking about before, everybody's got their solid five minutes, and it's exactly that. You know, like apples is the cider or grapes out of wine. Honey is the mead. Is that sort of like. Nice little grouping for me, which is probably one of my most repeated phrases. And and, and that seems to help people sort of get the idea of, of what it is without yeah. having to, uh, to get upset with it But, guys, thank you so much. For yeah, thanks for your time. Us. I really yeah. appreciate you spending your time. Um, we thanks we for- need to do this again because we, we could have this conversation with you guys yeah. for three or four hours and still not scratch the surface. Um, yeah. Next time, we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive onto your scaling up process because, for me, that that's uh that's really I, exciting. I, I really I really like that, and I want to know how you guys found your 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 changes in product and your changes in base and how you dealt with it at twenty thousand liters. Like that that to me is you know that's that's proper wine size, and and dealing yeah. with that sort of volume is just super exciting.
2: Yeah. Um. Guys, thanks very much. Yeah, and uh, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers, guys. Good luck and with you. the all. Take thanks care, very yourselves much. And uh, hope On to see soon. You guys. Bye. Bye. Just uh, oh, no, oh no no, no 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 there we go there yeah. we go well that was interesting
1: wasn't it well
0: that, that they're such lovely men oh yeah i mean
1: um, i where i meet someone in the media industry who's not a lovely person
0: when they come to visit like that that really cold hard enthusiasm that was somebody else yeah i no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i just mean them as a company yeah, yeah yeah
1: sorry it was a very different uh yeah, yeah. 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 um really into it so um it, That's, you can just yeah, see it. You can just see it. Um, guys, we're going to do another one of these at five o'clock with Gronfell Meadery, which is very exciting. They're from Vermont in the States. Yeah, we,
0: we are traveling the world. We are,
1: right? yeah, exactly. I can't go on holiday, so we'll have to. It's kind of why we do this. It's kind it of is. why we do this. Guys, um, we're going to go and have some uh, fish and chips, um, but speak to you later. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining Thanks us. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on all our social media, and we'll see you again next week. If you've got any questions or thoughts, or just want to chat about meat and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at gosmos.co.uk. Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at fives, ask us
0: uh, any questions that you have, and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what it about.
1: Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.gosmos.co.uk.